In the aftermath of the Jake Paul and Nate Robinson boxing match, Jamil Hill thinks that Jake Paul may potentially be racist for being white and knocking out Nate Robinson. We're going to tie that way of thinking into a book by Dr. Joy DeGruy called Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome. And we're going to delve into whether or not these thoughts are inflated, fabricated, or is it a real issue? Then we're going to discuss Sinister Sounds, an article by The Guardian, essentially saying that podcasts like ours and others like Joe Rogan's and various different podcasts might be responsible for spewing misinformation. Is this true or is the mainstream media scared of alternative media? And then finally, we're going to talk about the wave of evictions that is supposed to be coming in January. And we get all of this info from a Wall Street Journal article. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Going over to Twitter, follow us at Hanging With Apes. Going over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop music, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. So much to discuss today. Jesus. Three different topics. Three very different topics. Um, crazy. So we got the Wall Street Journal article that is titled, The U.S. Po- is Poised for a Wave of Evictions in January as the Federal Ban Expires. Between 2.4 million and 5 million American households are at risk in January alone. Uh, crazy article. And then we have the article by The Guardian titled Sinister Sounds. Podcasts are becoming a new medium of misinformation. And then we have the clip that's circulating the internet of Jamil Hill asking Jake Paul if it was racist that he knocked out Nate Robinson in an official boxing match. The world is upside down. The world is chaotic. The world is just, I, I, I don't know, just is not the real world anymore. So which topic would you like to delve into first? I don't know what's going on. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Um, man, I think I think because this one is a little bit, the, the, the other three, are, are they kind of match. We could probably talk real estate, mm-hmm. like well, the moratorium and all that. And then we could start jumping in into, into this post-traumatic slave syndrome that has to kind of do with the thought process of, of uh, you know, really like in the same realm of like the whole Nate Robinson thing that should not have even been a thing. And then even even the sinister sounds because it's all about misinformation. Kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Misinformation I, and and like kind of like pseudo intellect, really, yeah. because it's, it's it's a cop out. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. So, with this Wall Street Journal article, um, again, the name of the article is 
U.S. poised for wave of evictions in January as federal ban expires. And then the the subtitle is between 2.4 million and 5 million American households are at risk in January alone. Um, It's bound to happen. I mean, like at what point did people think that like this was just not going to happen? I mean, and I don't mean to sound... Like I lack sympathy or empathy or I, I don't understand people's circumstances, no. but we do live in an economy. Real estate is a big portion of what drives yeah. that economy. What did you think was going to take place? Yeah, yeah. It's either that or society crumbling before our very own eyes. Right. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I, I just don't – I don't see – um I really don't see where well I don't know where where the article went as far as like what their view on it was but well they are pivoting towards they're at very least analyzing the racial aspect of it so for instance there's a little graph that the article has the source of the graph is stout riceus ross llc and th- uh, what the graph is signifying is Tenants with high confidence in the ability to pay next month's rent by race. So blacks are at the bottom. Hispanics are right by blacks. Like they're like neck and neck. Asians are above and then whites are above. So essentially what they're trying to say is that whites currently have the highest level of confidence in their ability to pay next month's rent. Then Asians, then Hispanics and blacks. They're like neck and neck in like some areas you have Hispanics with less confidence than blacks. And then in some areas you have blacks with less confidence than Hispanics. I mean, like you could make it a racial issue all you want, (laughs) but the fact of the matter is like you owe like what you owe, regardless of what your, you know, race, color or creed is. Yeah. And and like for, for as much as we as a society say, Oh, we, we must, we must, transcend race there should be no more racism you're doing an awful job by really just talking about race you're per, every you're, which you're way perpetuating that, you that narrative absolutely <laughs> so like it, it's like if someone said like no hey look listen k cartoon you're equal to everybody but you're cuban as fuck and then it's like you they just they keep telling you that for some odd reasons that you it's in your mind is like well i'm cuban it, does this have to do with like I don't understand like you you probably start asking like is the fact that I'm Cuban is that stopping me from something like yeah. why do they keep telling me that I'm Cuban as well? right it, it kind of makes it kind of makes the situation it feels like a subsection yeah like because like, I've seen it before and, and I've always even since young like I always thought that this shit was baffling like for instance like I, I've seen black women say like Ooh, that's a fine black man. Well, like, why isn't he just a fine man? Like, <laughs> like it's like you're making it seem like a subsection. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's like, that's a nice house for the ghetto. Like, is it a nice house or like, is it a nice house for the ghetto? Like, you're making it seem like it's this subsection. And so typically the very people that are all gung-ho about the 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 race thing and there needs to be equality and 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 all of that stuff are the the ones that are perpetuating this narrative by by separating everything like yeah 
like yeah okay i understand an article being put out about rent and and the moratorium expiring and evictions and everything like that like i i I could understand that no but you're making it this you're trying to perpetuate this narrative that things are not equal but you're not even like really delving into the reality of okay well like why don't we look at like what people are doing we why don't we look at like well what's the kid situation like like these hispanics and blacks that like how many kids do they have because just out out of an anecdotal observation here in chicago you mostly see like people that have a house full of kids are Hispanic and black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asian, you know, maybe one or two. White, maybe one or two. You got a lot of white people that don't even have any kids. Like they're like yeah. yuppies and stuff like that. So, well, yeah, naturally they're going to have a higher confidence in being able to pay their rent next month. Yeah. But is that because they're white or is it because of certain decisions that they made? Yeah. Yeah. You have to start looking at what decisions, uh, if, if you're going to go that route, which obviously like, you know, you're going to, this article is going off of race and you look at it that way, but then you look at, okay, well, let's, let's at least segment it. Let's see. Okay. Black people in America, Latinos in America, uh, white people in America. Like you said, let's look at the, the choices that they're making. And then maybe the answer is, oh man, maybe, maybe why are they making these choices? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because at that point you're fi- you're actually finding the answers for a, a specific group of people. Because like like even even me living uh, in the south side, and then when I was working in the north side or downtown, right, um, I saw a difference in like what was important. Yeah. As far as news, and I thought that that was a, an eye opener in my eyes because oh okay, so we're downtown. People care more about you know the economy or stocks or this or that, you know, back to where I grew up, you know, people care more about fuck is, you know, what's going on this weekend. Yeah. Or, yeah. or like, you know, what shoes are, yeah. or, or cool or, or, you know, you know, what, 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 what is, uh, they might find more importance in the Jake Paul and Nate Robinson fight. Yeah. Then, then someone, someone downtown would be like, Oh, I don't give a fuck about that right now. Cause I'm busy fucking doing something and learning some shit. And I, you know, obviously, it took me leaving where I grew up and going outside of where I grew up to to see that to see the difference and just like even the media uh, that that people are taking in and the news and the way they're filtering it, and that's that's not that's not really race based to to a certain degree, yes, but to a certain degree, it was like a difference in from the south side to the north side, right? Yeah. And I, I was like, okay, well, you know, there's white people in the South Side. There's black people. There's Latino people. So maybe culturally, it's a culture thing from, like, two different sides of, of town. And then from there, you start seeing, okay, uh, there's some that black people, like, are more into. And there's stuff that Latino people are more into. There's certain stuff that white people are more into here in the South Side. And you start understanding a little bit more, like, statistically why they're making these decisions yeah there's some stuff that like yeah asian people are more into like spreading a virus but yeah like you know 
then there's them spreading that shit everywhere. <laughs> just kidding. Jokes. Remember, remember, yeah, it's just jokes. Remember, like, around the time when the China virus first started outbreaking and, like, you and I had some business to handle downtown and we were on the train yeah. and, like, we were in Chinatown and, like, all those Asian students got on the, the, the train and I, and I was just, like, next to you, like, like whispering but joking. I was like, if one of these fucking Asians gives me that fucking virus, like, just but <laughs> you know, it was drunk. Obviously, like, we didn't yeah. even, like, take that shit serious, but it yeah. was just, you know, it's just a joke. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to laugh. I was just like, oh, my God. But, uh, but yeah, but yeah, quoted in the article is this guy, John Pollock. He's a staff attorney at the Public Justice Center. And he says, I don't see how it's possible that we're not going to see more evictions on January 1st than we've ever seen in a month. Now. Who really created that problem, though? Like, isn't the government, the same government that put the moratorium in place, aren't they somewhat responsible? Because you kept promising stimulus, you kept promising relief. And so there was a lot of people out there that because you provided this safety net, I mean, they really utilized the safety net to its max to the point where maybe sometime throughout the course of this pandemic... Maybe they would have looked for the opportunity to find work or make some money or do something, but because the government with the moratorium and the relief package and everything was safety net after safety net after safety net, and now essentially what you're putting on display is that the safety net is expired, and now some of them might be in too big of a hole rent-wise, like you know with back rent and what they yeah, owe and yeah. everything, to get out of that. So now, yes, part of that is their responsibility for letting it go that far. Yeah. But isn't doesn't that now sort of create this situation or, or this this mindset in, in, in Elk and it's kind of cultural where it's like, well, the government is gonna take care of it. The yeah. government is gonna take care of it as opposed to you should have never thought that way. Like you should have, I remember you and I having debates with people about the original relief package and how I remember like you mentioned certain debates that you had with people. And I remember certain debates that I had with people. And I was always of the mindset that that's not the government's position to provide you relief when you're in a hard situation. And I remember people thought that I was, I was like heinous and like awful and oh, tell that to the working family. Motherfucker, I work. Like I work every day. I work and and I and I work hard. I work hard yeah. and in in my off time I'm doing research for a podcast or you know at my buildings or this. Like I work very hard. So like don't tell me nothing about like no work, but the fact of the matter is is like that is the situation yeah. and I don't put my I or at least I don't I I try not to put myself in positions where like if things if there I, I'm enduring like a storm or a rainy day, yeah, like I, I won't be able to survive. I remember you and I being of of the philosophical perspective, like that the coronavirus and, and the lockdowns and everything were gonna separate the boys from the men economically. Yeah, yeah. I mean I mean in life there are winners and there are losers. Let's look at the virus, right? There's people who get the virus and their immune system is obliterated. Yeah. There's people that get it and it's like a minor cold or flu. 
There's some people that get it and like don't even get the sniffles. Yeah, yeah, and don't. Yeah, there's people that literally that nothing. So, I mean, that's life, right? That's a virus. It's out. I mean, and some people will die from it. Some people don't, and life goes on. I mean, it, it's a, it's kind of a. I don't, I don't like to look at it from a perspective of it's like a, a cold world. It's just the world, right? Like, you, you know, when you look at a picture of yeah. like nature, it's beautiful. Like the sky is beautiful. It's like there's, there's snow covered mountains, bro. That's a beautiful picture. That's a beauty of nature. But do you know that if you're there at that moment, you could get destroyed by a pack of wolves. Like because that's nature. You can get destroyed by the weather. Yeah, by yeah, by the weather. By the if it's not the wolves, it's the bear. If it's not the bear, it's the snow. The the below freezing temperature. Yeah. So as beautiful as life is, life is life, and things are getting in the way because that's just kind of like the beauty and also the the kind of like the the coldness of nature. That's just how life works. So, I mean, we have to at some point understand that. Okay, listen, we're in a civilized society um and and the fact that we even had a safety net let alone one two three four five safety nets at some point we you have to understand like whoa hey i probably moving forward obviously because like i could say oh well make better choices well the choices have been made now so whatever financial choices you made before the pandemic well we're here now all you there's really nowhere to look but forward like okay how do i live a better life and uh, and make better decisions moving forward but like you can't there's no reset button here like there's there's no all you could look at is learn from your mistakes and 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 be better and 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 do better and that's it that's all there is because like i mean that's just how life works like you said we live in an economy yeah you know you might look at like the landlord as all, all the, the 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 bad guy, but the landlord has to pay bills too. The the restaurants have to pay bills too. They and, provide and, a service. And not only that, but like with with the landlord, it's like okay, let's say you don't think much of the landlord and you don't think much of of this particular situation. All right, but still, the honorable thing to do is vacate that space because you don't own it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's that's the thing where. It becomes such an issue and like I think culturally where things deviate from from the morale and and I think these social safety nets create that entitlement. Yeah. And I think the social safety nets by and large actually are the reason why things get so messed up because I think if you start over time removing so many of these social safety nets. I think you poise and prime people to be in a position where they make do yeah. and they make a situation that's even better for themselves. Yeah. Yesterday I was having a conversation with a friend and I was telling them how like I don't think pensions will be around like at like the time that like we are at retirement age. Yeah. I don't believe that they will. But for somebody that is in a job where they get a pension, if they operate in a way where there won't be a pension, well, they're that much better off if at the end of the road there is a pension. But it's like the cherry yeah. on top. It's like, oh, well, I wasn't banking on this, but now that it's there, shit, I'm yeah. double good. You know what I'm saying? But see, you're looking at it from the perspective of like, well, shit could hit the fan. The, things could get in the way. And by all accounts and 
I mean, what I'm looking at, the government is very inefficient in the way they manage money. I'm probably better off by maybe not having my eggs all in one basket. Right. Probably better off doing that. And like you said, if I get it, oh, well, hey. But I, I think at that point, it's like, I don't feel that you're being a pessimist, but you do have to think about the worst that could happen. Well, it's Murphy's Law. Like, yeah. anything bad that can happen will happen. Yeah. Not necessarily to you, but it will happen some way, somehow. And so how do you... Yeah. How do you maneuver? And it's funny because I remember you and I, this was some time ago, we had a conversation about real estate and we were talking about currency and inflation and, and Bitcoin and stuff like that. And I remember you and I, we can't, we more or less came to the conclusion. We're like, well, the badass thing about real estate is that like, let's say right now, like you don't like delve totally into the idea that, oh, well, Bitcoin is going to be the new currency yeah. because like it's going to deregulate the uh, uh, the banking system and like put everything in an uproar like a lot of like these anarchists believe. Yeah. But with real estate, it's so badass because it's one of those things. It's like one of those investment vehicles where it's like, well, like if things do go the Bitcoin route, yeah. you could just switch it up and be like, all right, well, now the rent is in Bitcoin. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And but but my point in even bringing all of that up is the idea of the level of strategy that went into it at a yeah. at a point in time where if you think about like where we were like when it came to like our investments in the market or in real estate or whatever the case really at a point in time like guys like that that had the 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 the, the money that we have, the freedom that we have, the resource that we have not having any kids, I mean, most guys would probably be like on a beach somewhere on a boat full of girls. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, well, yeah, fuck it. Like, we're here now. But instead, it was planning, 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 strategizing. So now, do I expect everybody to have that same level of planning, mapping on and strategizing? No. But yeah. I mean, you can't survive even a month. Yeah. Without like, with, like, oh, so like, you're just like, your paycheck stops today. Like, by next month, you're starving. Like, that's a little bit like unacceptable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's 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 unreasonable. And it's also unreasonable for the government to just like immediately like swoop in when at a certain point, like you gotta hold people to a certain degree accountable. Be like, listen, man. Like at a certain point, like you got to kind of like figure things out. Like we're not like, this is not what we're here to do. Like at what point is it going to get that? Like people are like, Oh, well, like I'm fat and lazy. I need somebody. I need the government to bring me food. I need the government to cook for me. I need like the more you yeah. give, the more people are going to take. And then all you're doing is harming them by all of these, all of these safety nets. Now, if you're in a position as the government, where you're you live in an excess like let's say we didn't have all this national debt and we have fucking billions of reserve billions in reserves or whatever and the government is like, oh well right now like we are in a position yeah. to do this well maybe that's different but like you're you're the the safety net we're at a point where the safety nets that you're providing are essentially coming at the cost of like destroying the economic system of like inflation and printing yeah. money and all of this uh, quantitative easing and, and everything like that, all because yeah. you don't want to accept the fact that eventually 
the problem that you are 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 patching up is you're gonna have to change that tire. Like yeah, you're gonna have to do the hard work of jacking up that car, taking the bolts out of that tire, getting the new tire, putting it on. Like that patch is not always gonna work. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, that's a, that's a perfect perfect example. Cause like right now, I probably have to start looking at the suspension to my car. I know that. Mm-hmm. I know that. So if I don't look into that and I ignore it for for months on end, and then I hit a pothole, and then my suspension system is is fucked up, I have myself to blame because I knew it was around the time that I had to start looking at maintaining that, getting them changed, exactly getting switched up. I mean, there's no one to blame but me, like because I bought the car and I decided that I need the car to travel and to go to work and to do this and to do that, I got to maintain it. You know, my neighbors aren't going to maintain it. You know, I, I got to maintain it. And it's, it's just a part of like the maintenance. So you're, you're the, you should live your life. Like, well, you got to maintain and, and, and live a, a good fruitful life, a decent life. There is things that you have to do to, to do that. There is things that you, you could have more power over, you know, like you might not have power over whether they give you your pension or not, as much as you'd like to believe that you have the power to. You probably don't, and but you do have the power to start a Roth IRA. You know, you have the power to invest a little bit here and there. And, and sometimes the harsher, well, what's perceived as the harsher approach. I don't think it's the harsher approach, but sometimes like what's perceived as the harsher approach is actually like the 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 better approach for now and down the road. An example, and like using you as an example, I remember when I th- well, I think at the time like you worked at at Best Buy, yeah. and you didn't have like something happened and you didn't have that job anymore or whatever or I don't know if it, were, it was Carson's yeah it was Carson you Carson didn't have that job anymore and like you went through such a tough economic time where you were like man like. I'm never going to go through this shit again. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you, you plan. So yeah. now imagine there was like all these safety nets, you know what I'm saying? Put in place. Then you would have probably been like, oh, well shit, next job I'll quit it. Or next time I'll fuck. Like, like you would have never, you would have never learned that lesson. Yeah. Instead now, like you're an investor, you do this, you do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's my point is like, a lot of people would have per- per- perceived that time that you were going through as like, oh, it's harsh, poor guy. He only makes so much money and he doesn't have a job. And, you know, he's from the hood and he's Hispanic while some white kid is working at, at like daddy's law firm. This, kid. But like you never thought of it like that. Yeah. You thought of it like, now nah, fuck this. Like I'm never going to go in, uh, go through this again. I'm never going to endure yeah. this again. And that's what I'm saying. If more people thought that way, they would not be in the situation that they're in. Check this out from that same article. Evicted renters are still liable for months of unpaid rent, which is true. That's the other thing. Like you've put yourself in this hole because yeah, yeah. you're not paying now, but you're liable. And now some management companies or some landlords or some owners that have money for lawyers, yeah. like they could pay lawyers to garnish your future wages. So even if you're evicted and you're out, 
this might be a burden on you for for years to come yeah. because they might go after you so harsh that you'll be that you're like oh what the fuck like and where you'll end up wishing like fuck i wish i would have just paid yeah. or, or just or left like yeah, or figured to, it out or, or or figured it out or just left where like to the point where you weren't like, evicted because now there's a judge's order where yeah. this lawyer could go after you and be like yeah you know what like all that back rent i don't care if i gotta garnish your wages i don't care if we gotta garnish your food stamps i want my scratch you yeah. know what i'm saying because yeah. there's some management companies some real estate companies that they have the resources for that shit yeah they have the resources to go after you but anyway evicted renters are still liable for months of unpaid rent moody's analytics said it's estimates u.s tenants owing as much as 70 billion in back rent by year and 70 billion <laughs> you, yeah, you know what i'm saying yeah. like so this is the thing it's like at a certain when were you gonna like realize well this is coming to a head yeah. and and then the flip side of it yeah. the flip side of it is those same people if you weren't so reliant on the government and if you weren't so reliant on politicians you would have been out there protesting with the business owners and the MAGA people and everything like that, telling the government to open things up so you can get your job back or get a job so that you could pay what you owe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But again, the government kept selling this dream of uh, hmm. of, 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 a, of a relief package, of a safety net, of this, yeah. of that. And now, like, most dreams that the government fucking puts on display and 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 the 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 fantasy that they sell you it's not that the bubble bursts and now the reality is here yeah and i mean that's that's how the cookie crumbles that's not the way you'd want you don't want you don't ever want there to be like a downfall for stuff or or, or for people or 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 you know a bad time but i mean you know that's that's again that's life like that's that's not anything that we haven't seen from even like the beginning of time just trying to survive you know what i mean when like there wasn't a world economy there wasn't there was just like oh we got to survive oh well how do we eat oh well we hunt in the middle of the fucking freezing cold you know like i, I don't know I, I feel sometimes people don't realize like that that's not that's just like how life is that that you have to find answers and sometimes you don't have answers. You know what I mean? Like when I when, when when I lost that job and I couldn't find a job, like, dude, I was applying everywhere and I wasn't getting, you know, I wasn't getting a job. You get desperate, but it's like you at that point you learn something. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said. And to me, the the point was, well, you know, I better I better have something lined up before I leave a job. I I better have some lined up. I better think a little bit more ahead. And, and 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 even think about like what the future holds with this company like i might work for here but like this might not be the end all be all right so maybe and, and i learned because like my second job was best buy mm -hmm. and, and best buy i learned a lot like because because they, they actually do teach you uh like as far as customer service like really in-depth stuff so so they're very good at teaching that very good company when it comes to customer service and how to like sell and and i was good at it and so I said, "Hey, I I wanna I wanna be in a in a higher position." They said, "Oh, well, right now we can't." And I was like, "All right, can I have a vacation?" And they gave me a vacation. 
I got my security certification during my vacation. By the time I got back from my vacation, I gave him my two-week notice, and then I, I went somewhere else because I was like, well, if you guys don't give me what I want because I produce, then I will go and make money somewhere else. And well, I did. No, how come you didn't hit the streets picketing <laughs> saying fucking more pay? Do you get what I'm yeah. saying? Like, instead, you you looked at the situation, you strategized, you game plan, and you went about it rather than... Like the people out there that don't want to use any brain energy yeah. to strategize, and then they want, and like I, I think I said this on last week's episode, they want McDonald's to pay them twenty five dollars, thirty dollars an hour, yeah. type shit. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. Like, like sometimes you have to, you have to just plan. You know, I, I never said, oh, I want to be security. I just said, oh, hey, because uh, you were security at the time. I was like, oh, hey, w- how'd you get the certification? Oh, go here, go go there, and then I could, you know. See, see if I get you where I used to be. Like, you use the people around you that y- you ask questions, you know? Like, had it not been you, I would probably ask Jimmy, hey, mm-hmm. uh, fucking trucking, what's to it? What do I do? Yeah. All right. You have to figure something out. And, and like, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, sometimes it, you're going to be out of your comfort zone because that's not something that you did. I never thought I'd be security. I wasn't thinking about it. But then I was like, well, I want to make more money. I want to have a full-time job. They're not giving me full-time hours. I What... what do I cry about it? Is that like you like yeah. what, what people do, do? Do I cry about it? Oh, I can't. I could barely live off of this. Or no, AOC will fix it for you. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, do something to make more money. Maybe it might not be your passion, but but at least you're you're getting yourself to to where you want to be financially. And you know what? When you're better off financially, you could work on on, on pa- stuff you're passionate about. Absolutely. You know. And I think that the people have to start realizing that. Like, I, I th- uh, there's people who are doing Uber right now who have probably never thought of doing Uber. But you know what? That's what's paying the bills. Right. And even people aren't making as much with Uber because there's not like when 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 stuff was locked down. But I mean, you got to do, you got to survive, you got to, and, and then you have to plan. Like, once you're surviving, once you get to a p- position where you're you're doing okay, like where you're above at least above ground, then at that point, that's the time where you have to sit down and, and start thinking, okay, where to next? What right. do I do? What's feasible? Well, and 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 that right there, I think is, is a is a very pivotal point that you just brought up is the idea that whatever plan and strategy and roadmap that you established for yourself. It never should stop. Yeah. It never stops. Like maybe you you could take a reprieve, yeah. but like it never stops. Like literally in pre-production, well, in the midst of pre-production before this episode, you and I were like, all right, well, like the route we were going in real estate, like that particular route we were going is like right now, like let's see, it's a little hazy. So now we just like thought about another route in real estate as far as like a different type of property to get because yeah. but it's so even in the midst of everything we're still like all right well like like we Survive. could try this yeah. we could try it but and and that's my point is like the planning never stops yeah. and and mind you we have a lot of shit going on right now like you know like i i have like some some new shit that I like i i just kind of like got myself into and and you know like we got the podcast we we got our other endeavors like so that's my point is like even with everything it's you still don't stop yeah they don't stop the the thinking doesn't stop and 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 you might do something that you didn't think you were going to do but it's like well hey you know 
like right now, properties, they're overpriced. So maybe let's look at other options for now. Remain productive. Not as productive as maybe that you would want to be, but I mean, what w- it's either that or, or, or buy a, a, a building that's overpriced. Right. During a time that buildings and property should not be overpriced. So, well, no, I'm not going to do that because that's dumb. Right. But then some people might do that during this time. They might be like, oh, well, this is what's available. And then, well, don't be mad if a year from now your shit isn't worth what it was worth when you yeah, bought it. It might be worth half of, yeah. Yeah, So, it, but don't be mad because we're all playing by the same rules and you have to analyze these things. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's life. Mm-hmm. There's winners and there's losers. And, I mean, you can't really, there's really no way around that. Yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. So, I don't know, but uh, in that whole segment that we just did, did we spread misinformation? (laughs) Because according to The Guardian, uh, podcasts are becoming the new medium for misinformation. And it's crazy because they have a picture of Joe Rogan. (laughs) (laughs) I know, that's so fucked up. (laughs) Uh, um, First off, before we even get to the article and we even discuss this shit, for the people that listen to us every week, you know our position on where mainstream media has gone. And essentially, mainstream media is very lame. It's very bland. It's very political. It's 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 PC. It's yeah. not real information. It's staged. Um, so... This an article like this is par for the course, and I imagine like throughout the course of time, there's gonna be more and more stuff like this because people don't fuck with the mainstream media anymore. Yeah. Like, like it, it is dying, and really, like across the board, everybody that that I rock with, like on YouTube and people that I talk to about this type of stuff, they're all pretty much on the same page that that like there's such a a, a wealth and a slew of information out there that people don't rely on CNN anymore. They don't, people don't rely on Fox news anymore. A matter of fact, the other day I read an article where Newsmax, there was one day where Newsmax's daytime ratings for the first time outrated Fox. So wow. like that shit, and that's a crazy, that's a quick shift. Like that yeah, shift yeah. is happening real quick. That's you know nice. what I'm saying? All Newsmax needs right now is like, a Laura Ingram or a Jesse Waters, not even Tucker. Like, like Tucker would be huge. Like, if he went to somewhere like that, but yeah. they just need like a Laura Ingram or like a Crowder or a Tim Pool or a Shapiro, like somebody like that to give them their own like primetime show on Newsmax, yeah. and that may be enough to kill Fox. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. And so, like, you already see that shift happening. And what I notice is that people. They don't particularly care about the credentials. What they care about is the information that they're getting. I noticed that a lot of people rely on you and I when it comes to like certain topics that we discuss and and, and, and certain things that we delve into. And we don't have journalism degrees or whatever, but they know that we are reliable in the sense that we're going to do our research and that we're going to look into the stuff deeply. And 
this is not just, oh, it's time to turn on the mics and get into it. No, like you and I are having these conversations either in pre-production or sometimes days before, weeks before, yeah. and they develop into the the topics and the subjects that 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 you know you hear on the episode. And like the mainstream media, I think that type of shit worries them because so many of them come from a school of thought that is essentially developed and nurtured and manifested by the collegiate system, by the intelligentsia, where it's just, well, polit politically correct things, uh, identity politics, whatever my professor in, in college said, because a lot of people that like, that was the first time, like in college was the first time that they ever got political information, political yeah. discourse. So they're just, they're just going off of like what this one person said, you know, or taught or, or, or believes or whatever. And then these people graduate, they become journalists and that same fucking diarrhea of the mind, they bring with them yeah. to, to the, you know, their field or whatever. Meanwhile, like you have the audacity uh, was an Aaron Ariel Boggle that wrote that Guardian uh, 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 article. You have the audacity to question guys like Steve Bannon or Joe Rogan, guys that have like built stuff, like careers, and like yeah. are, are deep in their fields. Like yeah. you and, and you from your little like whatever cush space that you're writing from, you know who who knows like what you've experienced in life and, and like what fields you've delved into to question like these guys that have built like real yeah. platforms. And and then also not only that, but you're inappropriately calling them out because Joe Rogan never said he was the news. Joe Rogan's just a guy that talks to people, different people. He'll talk to he'll, he'll talk to Trump, he'll talk to Bernie Sanders. Like his job is not to be like, "Oh, well, I don't talk to you because no one likes you." No, 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 no. Let's understand you. And maybe you might be fucking selling some fucking dumbass dream, right? That snake oil. Yeah, some snake oil ass shit. But I mean, well, here, let's let's see. What what do you have to say about it? So I think it's it's kind of unfair to put, uh, uh like like uh, even even well, a uh, Joe Rogan in, in in the hot fire for something that he's actually doing us a service, like. The reason why people look at us to break down but certain see, things or I want like you to articles. finish, but they, yeah. they don't see it as a service. But go ahead, finish. Yeah. Like they look at us like, oh wow. Like like the, the people that listen to our show, they'll look at us like, oh wow, they they've taken the time to break down what an article, right? An article about, you know, fucking what what a journalist thinks about about uh podcasts but they've actually taken the time to really look at it from a moral scope and and have the principles and 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 then have a good overview of what's what's in play here what 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 are what are we talking about here we do that because we care like we we look at and and, and it's like it's we look at it like the way someone who would watch a movie and break down the movie would look at it like well this is what's good about it this is what's bad about it this is what i think this is how I'm critiquing this film. So we're looking at all these things, all these articles, all these topics of conversation, uh, situ uh, political situations, and we're looking at it from a from a bigger scope than us, right? Yeah. Because like things are bigger than us. You know what I mean? Like 
and 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 whether I like it or not, I, you have to look at it. Like like for example, this is a perfect example. Hate speech, right? I don't want someone to talk shit about someone else by because of their race, because of their gender, because of whatever the fuck choice they made in their life. I think that's shitty. I do, but hate speech is free speech, you know. Like and that you have to take that into account like free speech is a lot more important than you like saying oh well hate speech should be banned no 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 free speech is a lot more important especially for something at the end of the day doesn't cause any physical harm yeah it's just words like yeah like it doesn't feel good and it might make you mad or sad or whatever but physically you're fine and you'll be able to recover from this but i mean like we could both literally say like, well, yeah, if, if someone, if, if we saw someone getting verbally abused by someone, like, well, that's shitty. Don't do that. Right. But I mean, you're talking most of the time. It's like some motherfucker saying some racist shit or something on, on a, on a social, like just ignore it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, what do you do to trolls? You ignore trolls. That's like the, the, the way you get rid of trolls. Like, oh, I, you're trolling me, whatever. You know, like, you have to have the wherewithal to understand, like, all right, well, I got to go do some real shit instead of focus on this negative shit. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just, like, there's really no way to stop people from hating or, or saying hateful remarks. So, like, just ex- like you just got to move along and do something else, you know? Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't, life doesn't stop because of that, you know? Yeah. Um, And, and I think that, that, that for you to say, oh, well, there has to be hate speech. We have to, there has to be a metric to be able to limit this. Well, no, there shouldn't be because free speech is just that important. Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes people will look at it from the, their like tunnel vision. Yeah. Because it becomes a thing. It's like, oh, well. What he says shouldn't be said, but because you're looking at it from that tunnel vision, you're entitled and you're in the, of the belief that what you say should be said. Yeah. Well, well, like what? How do you make that like that? Dif- you know, how do you differentiate that? And to kind of piggyback on the point that that you previously made about Joe Rogan doing us a service, I agree with you. But they don't see it that way. See, there's some people out there that don't even believe in entertaining certain conversations. And that's like that. um, It's essentially like cultural Marxism. It's like, well, we're not even going to we're not even going to entertain this. Like, You know how here there's like the like we have freedom of religion here in this country. But amongst religions, there's like this like unwritten rule that like you're always trying to like one up the other religion you know what i'm saying they're always trying to one up each other freedom of religion but they all think that theirs is the right way and the best way yeah now here in this nation what's badass is we're sophisticated enough to have a system where as long as you're not hurting anybody and harming anybody you're free to have that like unwritten like un unpublished un um, unpublicized debate you know you're free to have it as long as nobody's getting hurt versus well in china and well no we're not even going to have that conversation yeah. there's no religion like no we're not even going to have that yeah. shit and that's why like they punish muslims and like they hate muslims so much and all that because that's not even a conversation they want to have yeah us here we're willing to have that conversation but obviously they're communists they're marxists so that's how that is 
So there's people here that are of that same school of thought where there's certain things yeah. that you're they're not even going to delve into. They're not even going to have those conversations. So for them, Joe Rogan is not doing a service. In fact, for them, he's doing a disservice because he's of the American mindset that, well, let's have this conversation. Like, what's the harm yeah. in having the conversation? But that's because those people don't want to have that conversation. It's because one of like like what they're taught, but two, it does take more like intellectual wherewithal to have that conversation. It does take a certain degree yeah. of of courage to be able to like look at be a Jew, Jewish person and and talk to a Muslim person and like understand those differences yeah. or. Or like understand that, yeah, you were taught all of this about identity politics, but here we are at a crossroads and like that shit is yielding nothing for you because maybe while you were learning identity politics, you should have learned something about capitalism or the economy that actually could yield you some results. They don't want to face that truth. They want like what they believe to be the reality and like they'll cry and scream, bitch and moan and complain until the government like bends yeah. to that shit. And that's why now we're in a place where you have all these politicians that are like really like all for bending reality. Like, yeah. you know, men could use women's washrooms because if a man identifies like it's yeah. it's all bending reality. Like you're trying to bend reality, but at the end of the day, like you're not fixing anything like all of this like r- these real problems are transpiring and like you're focused on on bending reality yeah yeah and 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 so now it's like again this idea that oh well these guys the podcasts are spreading misinformation are we really like what misinformation like in this time that we've talked what misinformation have we spread i mean shit None. It's a, it's a conversation. Even even when we've talked about like like for example, uh, and this is a perfect example because of the times that we're living in. How we've we've said how weird it is that Biden Biden got such a high, like overnight, like w- got all those votes all of a sudden. We're not spreading information. What we're what we're saying is we're saying that's weird. We should look into this. Right. So you're saying that that conversation. For some of these people, it's like, oh, well, that's disingenuous. How is it disingenuous? Yeah. How is it? Like, if things don't look right, I think it's good to look into them. Like, that not that how society works, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like Joe Rogan has has been a oh, – there was a – I forgot the name of him, but it was like a – he was like a, like a scientist or something. He was on there. He was saying, oh, well, I don't like how you, you – uh, he was talking to Joe Rogan. He's like, I don't like how you talk about, like, the 9-11 conspiracies because, like, how how this building fell. You're saying that it, it, it wasn't it, – it fell sideways when it didn't. He's like, no, but, like, look at the video. Look, look at the clip. I'm saying in that clip it looks like it goes sideways, does it not? And the, the dude was like, well, yeah. He said, well, yeah, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that there's right. a – that I'm going with the conspiracy theory. I'm saying – that is awfully weird from that angle how the building fell. That's what I'm saying. That's all I said. I never said, oh, 9-11 is a hoax. I never said that. 
Yeah. And and the guy's like, no, but you kind of fed into it. I said, no, 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 no. I actually looked like I said, well, yeah, that that video does look weird. You're now putting me in the in the conspiracy theory a theorist segment by saying that I'm fully saying that it, 9-11 is a hoax. No, what I'm saying is I'm willing to have that conversation because it looks weird. That's yeah. all. I mean, can't, I can't have that conversation? And dude was like, yeah, but it's kind of disingenuous. Like, no, it's not disingenuous because you just saw the clip and you just said the same thing that I did. Yeah. So so are you being disingenuous? Like, no, I'm just saying that that's just not what happened. It's like, well, yeah, but we're having the conversation right now. And that's the thing. Like, that's what people do. So, so you want to limit conversation? Is that is that what the journalist is trying to talk about? Because like, I, I just don't understand. Like, podcasts they have their niche. Like, people have their their the things that they talk about. There's right. people that are going to talk about movies. So now, what are you saying? Oh, well, there's a certain way you could talk about movies. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to talk about culture. Oh, well, you can't say this. You can't. Say, well, no, we're right. talking about culture and we're talking candidly. There's there's there there's the niche. Like certain podcasts, like have their particular group of listeners and fans our podcast just so happens to have the best <laughs> listeners and fans in the world you know what so i'm saying like it's just it's just it's, i hey that's how it is yeah, you know is that thing. misinformation no like it, <laughs> <laughs> Great you, you know what i'm saying yeah. but but you're absolutely right and like what what you just said reminds me of and we've talked about this before on on previous episode I remember when the movie Joker was getting rated and reviewed by critics who were journalists. And I remember like the guys that I, I mess with on YouTube that 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 do movie reviews, uh like um Jeremy Jans and um uh what's the other guy in his name? Uh you you know who I'm talking about? There's Jeremy Jans, and then there's the there's that other guy. Um, damn, it's gonna from, it, from from where they do movie reviews on YouTube. Damn, that's just gonna bother me. Anyway, I can't think of his name right now. They gave like very good. The guy with the dun 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 dun. dun. Are you talking about that guy? I, I, I don't know what that, that <laughs> jingle is. He just movies. He has that same jingle. Fuck! I can't forget. I can't think of. Yeah, his name. that's what I'm saying. Well, anyway, they reviewed the movie Joker very well. Like yeah. from the way that a critic should review the Joker, but all of these journalists that work for all these different media outlets, yeah, they bashed the movie because they were looking at it at at it with a lens like a very identity politics sort of lens you know what i'm saying yeah. and, oh it's the repressed white man that wants to exact vengeance and violence on the world around him because yeah. things are not the way that he wants them to be and everything like that and i was like oh chris stuckman that's yes the, yeah, yeah that's chris the stuckman <laughs> is the other guy the uh, anyway yeah. so they these people like bend it because the the thing and the reason why I even use like the Joker as as like my reference for this example is because that movie was so well made across yeah. the board yeah. from score acting writing directing cinematography like across the board like yeah. you it's hard to find anything bad about that movie yeah. but yet these motherfuckers bent the truth so much. Where they were able to get that shit not in certified fresh uh, territory, which is a travesty. Yeah, it's a travesty. 
but you they were willing to bend the truth that much so like rather than look at this movie from a critical standpoint yeah. like you're supposed to you spread misinformation yeah. saying that it was going to like cause all these incels to go around shooting people and everything like that so who really spread the misinformation yeah was it was it the alternative media guys like jeremy Drenz and Crick stuckman yeah because I, I like everybody that I talk to loves that movie. So, yeah. like, did they spread the misinformation, or was it the mainstream media, uh, 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 film critics that spread the misinformation? Yeah, just like in the same year, they spread they spread the misinformation with Parasite, which I felt was a lot more well rounded movie than the critics made it out to seem. The critic, the critics made it out to seem like a way more biased movie than it was. And it's like, well, from what lens are you looking at these movies from? Like, yeah. You motherfuckers need Jesus. <laughs> and they but, did that same shit with Sicario 2. Sicario 2, yep. Because yeah. the second, you know, not Sicario also, but Sicario 2, the second Sicario, because, yeah. like, that was at the time, you know, the border crisis and everything, you know, the kids in the cages and everything like that. So it's like you're looking at it from this political lens. First off, not acknowledging, like, the realities of the world, not acknowledging, like, how great it is for a director to be able to capture this realism. Yeah. It's like, oh, but why would you why would you even put a movie out like that right now? It, like remember remember up. when or, or also remember when the critics when Vice came out? Yeah. They were like, uh, why would Adam McKay and, and Christian Bale seek to humanize Dick Cheney? Because he's a human. <laughs> That's why, dumbass. <laughs> what the fuck? It's, a, it's, a, it's so weird to me, like you do realize what art is like because you guys are not looking at like if i looked at everything from a political standpoint oh man i would not enjoy anything because right. like hollywood is left mm -hmm. and i'm not left like that like so i would just not enjoy eminem albums or jay-z albums or you most of the shit. films yeah yeah but i just understand that art is is art and i'm looking at it from that scope and that's it like and 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 that scope is so important. For instance, the movie Shame with with Michael oh, Fassbender. Yeah. yeah, that movie is literally about a guy who's addicted to sex, and like that's a movie that I remember when it came out. I was like, oh, okay, like it seems like it might be interesting or whatever. Yeah. And like the way that it's done, it's done real well. It's a dark ass movie. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? But like automatically when, when people say, oh, a movie about a guy addicted to sex, that's the shit I'm on or whatever. But yeah. when you see the movie, yeah. it's like a dark ass tale. Yeah. Like it's it's like some shit that you see, like you would not want to be any, any, any part of that shit. And just like that movie, if there was a movie that came out, because like I'm not all like for this like, you know, transgenderism and yeah. everything like that. But if there was a movie made about like a guy that went through like the process of being a transgender, yeah. but it was well acted, well produced, good music. It showed like the turmoil or whatever. I would probably still rate that movie high, yeah. even though like nothing about what the movie is displaying. Like I rock with Bro. it's just from a critical standpoint, yeah. it was a well-made movie. I remember talking about, we talked about Moonlight. We said the first act was good. The second act was, was, was decent, and then the third act was terrible. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we could look at stuff just because we're not gay, and we're not like, oh, well, this is not a movie that we're in. No, no, no. 
is it a good movie or is it not? Exactly. That that's all we like. Whether you agree or you're in that world or you're not, or it's like watching the Dallas Buyers. Oh well, I'm not watching it because fucking dudes are training in it. Right. Exactly. No, no, that that was a. Hell a of a role. role, yeah. Exactly. That was a hell of a role, and he acted the shit out of that role. Yeah, like, that was great. But he so, deserved that fucking Oscar yes. that he got for that. He, Absolutely, it, it was it was a great movie. And he was Go a watch fucking it. AIDS written tranny, and, <laughs> and this is fucking and, and that's the most glorious AIDS written <laughs> tranny ever. <laughs> the most glorious AIDS written tranny ever. Yeah, but it, it, it's like you know, art art is good, and and like if it's good. No matter what, if you don't like it or not, like shame is art, right? Fifty Shades of Black, that's just romanticized dumb shit. Like yeah, that, that's, that's that's like Hollywood shit. That's what you get. Like no one would respect that as like that's just like some cool shit. That you know what? Like now that you say that, I like you just fucking put a, a crazy ass thought in my head. <laughs> What? I am going to. I need to know like what the Rotten Tomatoes is for Fifty Shades oh, of Grey compared to the Joker. Oh man! And I want to see how close they are and to see how your face is disgusted. So yeah. let's see. I'm typing it in out right now. Fifty Shades. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is playing me. <laughs> Keep it on the low. Oh God! This is. I, I'm. I'm. I think I'm going to be upset. Let's see. I, I mean, I, I can't believe that it would be, like, that close, but, but we'll see. All right, Fifty Shades of Grey, Tomato Meter. Okay, we're good. It's 25%. Oh, God. Yeah, so, because I know the Joker is, like, in the 60s, so that's... All right, Jesus. Yeah, I, I thought, I I thought it was going to be real bad. I thought, you know, <laughs> what I, you know, honestly, I thought that maybe Fifty Shades of Grey was going to be, like, in the 50s. Yeah. And maybe 10 points away from the Joker, which would have been, like radically unacceptable but okay it is that that's that's what's what's the joker you got the Six, joker 68 percent. yeah but not still, certified fresh yeah that's still ridiculous fucking, come on that that's that's terrible just what but look at it look at it from from that perspective even then like let's let's not talk about the the critical reception 50 shades of gray probably made way more money than shame way more money. oh yeah definitely because i think shame was like limited release yeah and, and and to me it's like well yeah and then remember shame had that weird rating i think it was a nc-17 yes yeah it was it was uh it wasn't like the like regular it, it rating. was beyond rated r not like rated x but like the the there's like that one rating that's like worse than rated R. Yeah. Yep. NC seventeen. Some explicit sexual content. So box office gross four million. Yeah. <laughs> Fifty Shades that's of all they made at the box office. Yeah. Holy fuck, that's little. Yeah, that was an obscure movie though. But I mean, seventy nine percent. That that's good quality shit. It was a good movie. Yeah. The I score mean, was Steve beautiful. Steve McQueen directed it, and and then he went on to after that he went on to direct uh, Twelve uh, Years a Slave. Yeah, another great ass movie. Like, yeah, that's. To me, that's that's like the difference uh, when you look at something, you know, like how many of us could relate to being addicted to sex to the point like, dude, that's all he did was jerk off. Like it was fucked up. It was a dark ass fucked up. You could tell yeah. like, the way that you could tell that the Joker laughing hurt him. Yeah. Was the way that you could tell it hurt him to be addicted to sex. Like and like that takes fucking like. Someone really act that shit out. How great was that score, I'm though? Directed. Yeah, dude. That score. Well, I remember because you saw it first, and then you you sent me the eight-minute. Yeah. Uh, I forget what the name of the uh, song. Uh, I think it's called Brandon. 
Yeah, dude, that shit is epic. Yeah, that was that was that was a hell of a score for that movie. But that's the thing, like, no matter what, what the, I don't want to say the politics, but what the movie's about, you're just gonna, you know, you're gonna be able to recognize good. I'm not into Scientology. The Master is an amazing movie to me. Oh. I like to watch The Master a lot. That's one of the movies I watch a lot. Um, uh, what, what other movie that that is? Pa- two powerhouse performances. Yeah, dude. Philip yeah. Seymour and 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 Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, that was that that was that shit is movie. almost them clashing is is almost on par with fucking De Niro and Pacino clashing yeah. in Heat. Yeah, yeah, like like the 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 level of of, of greatness and but at least with with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and and Joaquin Phoenix, they they share more screen time. Yeah, uh, the other day I watched uh, Prisoners. Oh yeah, that's great. God damn, dude, Hugh Jackman, like that, sh- that, the way like he acted in that movie, because I don't have kids, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, why am I fucking, why am I this emotional about this motherfucker's kids? Yeah. But it's just the, like the, just the way he acted that role, like in that car, yeah, where he's talking to Jake Gyllenhaal. I I like Jake Gyllenhaal's character a lot in that movie great too. Great ass character. Jake Gyllenhaal's like the greatest when it comes to like those dark gritty films. Yeah, like like obscure as dark. That's Jay Gyllenhaal. Like, I don't even know how the fuck he hasn't been in a like a Dark Knight movie. To be honest, yeah, like Dude, that's true, absolutely. Like that, like because he he was great in Nightcrawler, great in in Enemy, yeah, in Prisoners, yeah. Even Jarhead was like dark. It was like a psychological movie, yeah. But yeah. just like he's just good for those like roles. He's he's a hell of an actor, and he acted really well because he even had that tick when he's like blinking. Yeah, as a, like he really like got into character. Like I I really. I really like him as an actor, but goddamn, that that was a hell of a movie. But anyway, let's get back. Yeah. <laughs> like we're off. We're going on a tangent when it comes to movies. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So, uh, segueing into the 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 last and and final topic for the episode. Um, so Jake Paul, he recently fought Nate Robinson, uh, knocked him out. Didn't really look like Nate Robinson trained for that fight whatsoever. Um, Jake Paul was recently in an interview with Jamil Hill, who obviously we know Jamil Hill is a race baiting racist, booted from ESPN, just like a, a real like if if what she tweets and believes if she tweets the if the thing she tweets is like truly what she believes, then she's a pretty like like just wacky individual that's just like not like doesn't delve in reality. Uh, she asked Jake Paul if in the midst of all of this racial tension and where we're at in culture in America right now, if him knocking out a black man was racist. What'd you think when you first saw that? Fucking. It was a waste of brain cells to watch that. Yeah. Shit. I was like, what a what a dumb bitch! Like who? Who asked? What? They're boxing. It's just so it what? Was, yeah. Like I don't even. I can't comprehend that this. I felt like when I saw this? that shit, like a robot, and like, like, like I started to malfunction. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like yes, yeah, it's just like, it's just so stupid. 
Yeah, it's it's just a dumb question. And, and it's and it's such a reach. Like my thing is like, are you that hungry and thirsty for some like racist shit to pop? Like, is your career and 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 your persona so built off of racism or or the perception of racism that like you at any little moment you gotta reach like that far yeah. for something like that? And then it started to make me think. It got worse, by the way. If, if you watched, but we'll, well, like, well, go ahead. Like how? Mu- no, because because then the, her, the not only did they asked that question twice. And yeah. He's like, no, that's not racist. It was a fight. And she's like, all right, you broke up. But anyway, the question of the week is: Is it racist that you that you fought uh, that, that you knocked out Nate Robinson? He's like, no, that's such a stupid question. And she's like, why 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 are you acting like that? her her co co host said that? Oh, why why are you uh, why don't you want to answer it? And then he said, "Well, it's just a dumb question. We he contacted me to fight. We fought. We both trained. It's a sport. Has nothing to do with race. It's right. just a dumb question." And she said, "No, no. We got to wake you up. You got to be part of the conversation. What conversation? Wake you up? Part of the conversation? What? What? Yeah, like <laughs> you asked it. What conversation? What are we talking about? About boxing? You know, like you could tell." Nate is fit, but like I could tell you right now, he did not spar. Nah, yeah, he did not spar because the way he was going in face first every single time. All all Jake Paul did was like, oh shit, he keeps coming in face first. So I'm gonna give him an over overhand hook or or straight every time he comes in. At first, Nate Robinson would come in, and Jake wouldn't do anything because he's like, oh okay. And then he started getting privy to his the, the uh, uh, Nate Nate Robinson's uh, body movements, and then knocked him out. I mean, that's just you train, you know, and 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 you you hope for the best. Obviously, whoever was training him didn't know what the fuck they were doing, because because hitting them, anybody, all, you and I can go to the gym right now, hit the mitts, hit the punching bag. That doesn't matter. Like. That's good to be fit. Like, what you have to do is you have to get in the ring with people and get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, when I was 14, my dad put me in boxing. Like, I got hurt. People punched me hard. I I got hit in the body where I lost my... You know, like, you learn, oh, I probably shouldn't do this because then he's going to hit me. You learn it's muscle memory from actual, like, being in the ring. Yeah. Like, th- the rest of it is, like, good... A good uh, ca- uh, caveat to it because you know it's like, all right, cool. I'm gonna move through the strings and all that, but you have to be in front of somebody because you get to gauge body movement and move around and know h- how much space you need. You know, jabbing a punching bag that's not gonna punch you back is not gonna do anything. Right. Jabbing somebody and then they parry you, hit you. Oh fuck. So maybe if I jab, maybe I move a little bit to the right. You learn. Nate, they didn't. You could tell he didn't do that. Right. But that's all that was. It was just like uh, two guys that decided to box it out and one got knocked the fuck out. But could racism have been the reason he didn't spar? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the, the way you asked it's just You just did all that explanation and it's like, but, but what, what role did racism play in that? <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't touch on that. Uh, what role? It's like, that, that's exactly what they were doing. It's like, dude, not everything revolves around race. Can you get out of your fucking dumbass shell? That's what shell? I'm saying. Like their their whole, and I think oh. Thomas Sowell has spoke on this before. The idea that there are those people that are out there that are, their whole career is propped up by this illusion that like racism is this 
big bad boogeyman that's still like going around terrorizing and it really it's not you know it exists but it's not like this menacing thing that people want to make it out to be and like they're essentially building their whole careers off of it and she's one of those people yeah another one of those people is is uh dr joy de with her book titled post-traumatic slave syndrome oh. and um we found out about this book because one of our friends posted it and he, i guess he said it was a good read or whatever i looked into the book i didn't read it i looked into it and then i remember like I looked up the author, and then I, once I saw her face, I remember I've seen videos of her before yeah. talking about, like, some wild-ass, like, far-fetched shit. And one of those wild-ass, far-fetched theories that she has is this theory of post-traumatic slave disorder, which essentially is the theory that people are still suffering the trauma of slavery in modern time, even though... They nor their parents nor their grandparents were ever slaves. Yeah, that that's just not the the example that she used was a stupid example. Yeah, so essentially the example she used was a black mother with a black son is talking to a, a white mother with a white son about school. Their sons go to the same school. The black mother is congratulating the white mother on her son's progress in science. The white mother accepts those those compliments. By saying, yeah, like, you know, I'm really proud of him. He wants to be an astronaut. He he seems like he has an acumen for science, this, that, and the other. So essentially sort of transferring those compliments down to her son. Yeah. The white mother then proceeds to give the black mother compliments about her son. But instead of the black mother transferring those compliments down to her son, what she does is essentially barricade those compliments and say that, oh, well, he's a handful and he misbehaves or whatever the case so now Dr. Joy the Groovy then in, in that moment explains how that's an example of post-traumatic slave syndrome because the black people would understand that the mother is really proud of her son, but she's in some way, shape or form protecting her son because this is what a mother would have done on the slave plantation when the slave owner walks up to her and says, oh, that boy is really coming along, he's doing good, she would demean him so that he wouldn't be sold. Like, that shit almost fries your brain. Like, yeah. you're, so, I, I mean, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but are you es essentially alluding that the black mother in modern time is to believe that her son is going to be sold and like this white woman that's complimenting him like is after him like what like yeah. like what what is what is going on here? and an and and so i think there's these people that their whole career is really based off of these problems that are not as prevalent as I don't know how I should phrase it, as they want them to be or as they believe they are, but they have this whole career propped off of these, these you know, quote unquote problems. And I use air quotations when I say yeah. problems that like it's like they keep perpetuating this narrative, but it's getting more and more far fetched as, yeah. as we go on. Yeah, when in reality, it's just you know. Uh, you 
you control the way you are as a person, you know? my Like, I was telling you in uh, pre-production, like, my dad came from a very weird home. Like, there was no, there was really, his dad was non-existent and not not a weird home but just just not 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 a regular family like like uh there was really no stability uh he had to start working at like what like 11 12 uh, to to help out so in a way he didn't have the same childhood um his cousins and his aunt his cousins would make fun of him because he didn't have a dad and that to him would like that would get to him because he's like, well, what the fuck? Like he was, you know, as a kid, you think like, well, why not me? Mm-hmm. And, and as he grew up or as he was growing up one, one time they were like at like a, like kind of like a farmer's market, the mm-hmm. way they used to, they, they do stuff in Mexico. It's kind of like the way they do it in canal street. Mm-hmm. Everything's out there. And, um, and the mom was, like, Oh, that's your dad over there. And my dad, my dad was like, Oh fuck dude. Like I don't need to talk to him. He felt some type of way about it, and as he was growing up, he would get he he was older, 16, 17, 18. He would always say like, oh, "I'm gonna impregnate, I'm gonna impregnate some chick and just leave her. Fuck that shit." Like, kind of like justify my outcome by giving it to somebody else. And as he grew older, he realized like, that's dumb. Why why the fuck would I? Why the fuck would I look at life that way because it didn't pan out for me? Right. You know. Fast forward great as dad like very very well-rounded dad very good husband i mean by all accounts brought stability you know or or, or was a it was a very stable home coming from someone who came from an unstable home my mom came from an unstable home Mm -hmm. because with with her like the dad he would he would he was there he was he wasn't there he was just like it was, it was she was a kid kind of out of wedlock so so my 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 uh her dad he was like the type that like he'd provide but he just like literally no emotional yeah. support it's just like he would come in he you know sometimes she would tell me that he would like she's kind of scared of blood because he would come from home he would come home with like blood all over him because he was in a bar fight or something oh, and there was really no connection between her and 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 my grandfather or her her dad because like it was never really that it was just mm-hmm. like all right here have some money buy yourself some shit no emotion and to her she felt some type of way because like well i never really had like a dad that was like was there so in a way it was very unstable in, in that manner so here we have two people who didn't really have like what you would look at as a a whole family you know like a stable family and then have a stable family because right. they, they're co- two conscious people that make decisions that individuals that make decisions about their own life yeah and and, and and you know what was crazy is like my mom was very like very military like almost my dad was like why do you have them like that because she didn't have that so my dad the was structure. like structure yeah it was like structure so she, she so so like dude she was like fucking like a nazi when it came to fucking dressing we have to dress the same we have to be like combed the same everything it has to be uniform and like if we didn't do something she'd get real mad and my dad kind of was like well no that's not how you do this you know you you have to let them be you, you can't like well this is not where this is not the military we're a family here yeah. but it's like well she chose somebody that kind of complimented her he chose right. something that complimented him that is just life decisions you know you, you're not perfect but you learn as right. you go on 
and and then she changed and he changed and that's what happens like you you bring in like sometimes learning stuff is by bringing new people that 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 are different but 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 are good for you yeah into into your life we have that we have that like we we get to choose who we have in our life like if you want to hang around motherfuckers that are going to b- bring problems well then yeah your your life is going to be very problematic mm-hmm. if you bring people that make you better right i think that 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 they're just going to make you uh, better because you're looking to become better right and i think that like she uh and i'm talking about the author she is kind of falling victim to the whole over overthinking shit you know how like when people watch a movie yeah or when people listen to music they really want it to mean something that it doesn't mean like you're you're really kind of going overboard sometimes i wonder though like if people like that are they falling victim like does she really believe this shit yeah or does she know that it's like this is all bullshit but i could like make some money off of it like you know what i'm saying because like it's just so much of a stretch that I can't think that like an intelligent person can really think that this shit is for real. You know what I'm saying? Because, for instance, how could an intelligent person like in that video that we watched of her where she was talking about stress, she essentially suggested that only black and people of color have stress, but everybody deals with stress. Everybody has that. So like... How could an intelligent person in their right mind not realize that, like, you don't know what other races or what other people have as stress and what their stress level is? So, like, you're just assuming that because you're this race, you have more stress than these other people. But there's no way, like, and and you don't even know how, how much... How people handle their stress. Like, there, there's yeah. somebody that could be way more stressed than you are, but maybe they handle it so well that you would never even know that they're that stressed. That, yeah. And then, like, look at, like, our minds are very powerful things. We will take our situation, our predicament, and I think have, like, a uniform stress about it. Like, and what I mean uniform is, I mean, like, I, I think about before when shit was a lot more hectic and I didn't have as much control as I do now. I still stress the same. Yeah. It's just in a different capacity. But in a way, it's kind of like that Biggie song, More Money, More Problems. Yeah. Like, you, you'd think money and status and, 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 and tr- striving for more makes you less stressed. No, it just brings different type of stress. You just have to understand that stress is a part of life. Yeah. Like, and you'll probably be... Like, I feel like high stress situations do bring about, like... Uh, like the PTSD uh, t- type of thing, but I think that also s- stopping to try and think about it, like, and 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 yeah, and, and I, understand I think there's it. a lot of there's a lot of uh, cultural tactics that are, are really like designed to like instead of you actually thinking and analyzing the problem, just sort of like brushing it under the rug, like yeah. not really dealing with it. It's yeah. like, oh, I, I just want to go out and drink and or smoke weed because I don't want to deal with this rather than like actually like sit and deal with the problem. Yeah, like that that like and to me right now we're in an era where we're oh anxiety. Yeah. I smoke weed for anxiety. 
Well, no. I mean, whatever. You can smoke weed if you want. Whatever. It's legal, at least here in Illinois. But so you think that just because you take shit, it's going to make you feel better? Do you ever think that maybe you should try and, like, delve into why? The problem is what it is. Yeah. Like, like the, that's the issue with, like, it, it's good that you brought up anxiety because we do. We live in this age of anxiety, this, anxiety, that. Yeah. But what people don't realize is, like, anxiety typically, typically comes from a place of not having control. Like yeah. that's that's like the main the the main trigger of anxiety is like you're in a situation where you don't have the degree of control that you would like to have. So why not rather than meds and everything like this and in, in, you know in culture why not start perpetuating the idea of well what sort of things can make us feel more in control? Like if you have, if you feel like you're not in control about your safety, well, maybe remove yourself from an unsafe environment. Or if you can't remove yourself from that environment, then maybe like defensive, like training, you know what I'm saying? Physically, like building yourself up. If it's finances, then, you know, adapt and, and, and maneuver the situation in that regard. Like, Rather than like accept the fact that you don't have control, yeah. why not delve into trying to obtain more control? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's 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 about understanding that, you know, like like when I have, when I'm in very stressful times or stressful situations, I don't drink because I don't like to associate drinking with stress with stress yeah. like i like to drink to have fun like not whereas, to have fun but to enjoy the drink whereas to, there's some people yeah. that the minute that they're stressed i need a drink yeah it's terrible like I, I don't even know why people would drink while being stressed like why why associate those two things because it's like it it basically like makes you more chill like so i don't so i don't do that i know i don't want to do that or if I have, you know, like I try not to take so much medication unless I really need it. Because also you don't want to get your body used to exactly. being, you know, like I have asthma. I don't use albuterol every day. I don't even use Flovent. I'm supposed to, by the doctor, use Flovent every morning and every night. I don't do it because I don't need it. Right. If I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm not going to get my lungs used to a drug that I really, I could probably cope without it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hence, my asthma is not as bad as a lot of people's. But a lot of people are used to taking the drug. So it's like, oh, well, this steroid helps my lungs. Well, no, run. Or, you know, uh, work, work work out, get better. Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, because it, it's, it sucks to have asthma. An asthma attack sucks, but, but like, maybe you should probably focus on, 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 on that. Like, if you run and get your lungs right. primed uh, and, and you're healthy, you could probably avoid avoid that and, and and i'm not saying and i'm not here advocating i'm not here to spread misinformation that albuterol and flovin doesn't work what i'm saying is you got to listen to your body and sometimes to listen to your body is more than taking a drug it's 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 about like well what can i do to prevent bad shit from happening to me exactly physically mentally and i think it takes more than than just like taking a pill and and i think that's where people like joy degree get it wrong where it's like you wanna you you wanna put like all of people's problems and all of their ills into like past situations rather than promote the idea that like they're an independent individual 
and their problems are circumstantial and you know they can operate and maneuver their way out of their circumstantial problems as opposed to like looking at everything blanketed and it's like oh well all of these people deal with all of this because of you know their legacy and their history when the reality is that that's like very far from the truth because that's not it, it's just such a radical way of thinking and it just makes me really wonder if these people really believe it and they know that their their careers are propped up by this misinformation or maybe they you know like i don't know i don't know like do they really believe it or they know it's false but they, but because their careers are propped up by it they got to keep running with it i hope it's not the latter <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening the show continues to grow because you guys keep listening so keep on listening share the episode uh if you know somebody that would be interesting in anything that we're talking about share it with them uh follow us on twitter at hanging with apes we'll see you guys next week we're out peace peace